Good morning. This is Pastor Omar Rivera with the with the Pastor's Roundtable. It's been a long time. I, I believe the last recording I did was uh, sometime before this Christmas, I think last year in 2022. And uh, I've heard people, I've seen people uh, continue to support the ministry of the Pastor's Roundtable. They continue to listen to the messages that I have recorded in the past. And I really appreciate every single one of you who have continue to support this uh, podcast. Today I want to open up in a quick prayer and talk about what your purpose is as a minister. Father God, we just come before you, we thank you, and we give you all the praise, the honor, and the glory. Father, may uh, you be able to speak through me, Father, and, and help me in this message today for a few minutes that we have together. We thank you, Father, for all the things that you're doing in my life, Father God, and those who are hearing this message today, Father, and we thank you for the things that you're about to do in their lives. In Jesus Christ we pray, amen. Amen. So anyway, today I want to talk to you about uh, uh, what your purpose as a minister is. Uh, you are to be a pattern of the glorious truth that God saves sinners and live an example of God's mercies. And that's what, that's what we are. We are an example of Jesus Christ to those here on the world. When we, when we minister from the pulpit or when we preaching out in the streets as evangelists do, we are declaring the word of God to those who have not heard the word of God. It says there in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 16, it says, How be it, for this cause I obtain mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting you see there's a pattern that we that we are uh, are given to follow and, and this pattern is given to us by god god has been long suffering towards uh, towards us he has long suffered waiting for us to come back to him into the beloved. Since the fall of man, God has been waiting man to come back to him. God gives us the free will of, of, of worshiping him. God gives us the free will of turning away from him and not coming to him at all whatsoever. But as ministers and as 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 preachers, uh, pastors of the pulpit, we have to set an example of Christ Jesus to the world. How did Christ change you? Who were you before Christ? I always like to call it BC, before Christ. Where was I before Christ? I was in the world. I was drinking. I was cursing. I was after the desires and the things of the flesh. When you desire the things of the flesh, you are not in line with God. No matter how much you call yourself a Christian or a believer, if you struggle with the things of this world, the desires of the flesh, you too are not in line with God. And you are separated from Him. You are aliens to Him, according to uh, the Apostle Paul. But thank God that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. 
as ministers, we are called to serve. We are called to be an example of those who need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. If they see the change in us, man, they can understand that there's a possibility that they too can change. Amen? They too can change. They too can be corrected and, and, and restored to God the Father and live a life here on earth in peace. He had mercy upon you. He saved you and called you to be his minister. Not only just to your little church or your community, but to the world. When you travel on the airplanes and go into your, your, uh, your meetings or your conferences or, or you're going to work uh, in some other area that your company has sent you to, you are still an ambassador of Christ Jesus, no matter how far you are from your church. Just because you are in your neighborhood doesn't mean that when you leave your neighborhood that you don't act like a Christian. Think about that. A lot of pastors or ministers leave their community realm and when they go on a plane and they go somewhere to visit family members in another state or another country, sometimes they forget that God is still watching you. God is still inside of you through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is there inside of you and He watches and listens to everything you say and he watches everything you do. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit, my brothers and sisters. But for this reason, God has done so much for you that you might be a living example in His suffering. Paul suffered. The Apostle Paul suffered. He says, I suffered. He crashed. He was shipwrecked on the island of Malta. He was bitten by a viper. He was imprisoned. He was stoned. He was thrown into jail. How many, so many times we don't, we can't, you know, he suffered. Christ Jesus suffered persecution. Christ Jesus was also tempted by the devil. In the wilderness, when the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness. You see, we, we have to be that example of long-suffering. We too are going to suffer. Jesus said, they're going to hate you because of me. They hated me first, and they're going to hate you too. And this is spoken... Throughout the generations, ever since then, look at today's society and today's world. People have departed from the church. Children in our past generations are not being exposed to Christ Jesus, are not being exposed to church, are not being exposed to the Bible. They don't even know how to pray. I remember growing up as a child in the 60s and 70s with my father, and I had to learn the, the our father. I, I had to learn who Jesus was and how to read the Bible. It was a common thing in my house. Do we do that now? As Christians? As people who say they believe in God? As people who say they believe? I believe in Jesus. I, I just don't know if I can do all the things that he did, you know? You know, I, I can't walk on water. No one's asking you to walk on water. They're just asking you to go through the storm. 
They're just asking you to go through the storm. God's not asking you to climb mountains. He's just asking you that when you look at the mountain, that you ask it to be removed so that you can go through the mountain and continue to preach the gospel because of the mountain you went through. In the good times and the hard times, the bad times, the ups and the downs, the good days and the bad days, you have to give God the glory. You are to demonstrate this pattern that God is long-suffering and not willing that any should perish or die. God suffers and looks at his people from above and says, Man, why can't they just believe? Why can't they just believe in my son? It's not just only about believing, my brothers and sisters, but we have to teach our congregation on how to have a relationship with the Son. A relationship with the Son. That is what He wants us to have. We are the pattern of God's mercy. That He had mercy upon us and that anyone who came to Him, He would give mercy. He is great. He is he gives us His grace, that un, unmerited favor of forgiveness of sin. You are God's minister to the world. Therefore, you are to be the first, the foremost example of God's long-suffering and mercy. You are to be the first to live and proclaim the long-suffering and mercy of God. How can we not give mercy if, if God gave us mercy? How can we forgive people of their sins if we cannot uh, uh, forgive people of their sins? But God gave, forgave us. He forgave us. You ought to be an example to all believers in word, in purity, in love, in the Holy Spirit, in behavior, and in faith. All of these things you ought to be an example for your congregation, for your family, for those who are around you. You ought to be the pattern of good example, of good works and sound doctrine and teaching. A proclaiming pure doctrine, not something that you came up with out of your head. You can have thoughts and opinions you can try to resolve these matters to yourself and researching the scriptures to see if this thought really is of God or from God. Sometimes there's people out there that don't even go to church or to listen to doctrine or to listen to a minister preach because they're just stuck at home and they don't feel that church is for them. Brothers and sisters, the church is supposed to meet together. The scriptures tells you not to forsake the fellowship of the brethren. In other words, go to church. Be involved in other people's churches and ministries. Because there at church, other people will pray for you. There will, there will be people there that will help you and lift you up when you are down. There will be there people there to help you when you have a need. There will be people there to, to, to praise God with you in all of your successes. But how can you do that from home? 
You can't. You can't seek wise counsel from a brother and a sister. You can't be accountable accountable to to a brother or a sister. Now I'm talking about brothers with brothers and sisters with sisters, okay? Not a brother and a sister. Don't be accountable to one another. You need to be accountable to your own uh, sex. In other words, men with men, women with women. Pray for one another. Encourage one another. Lift each other up when they're down. You are a pattern, a good example in proclaiming the pure doctrine of the church. You can't proclaim doctrine if you're sitting at home. And proclaiming the message sincerely with dignity. We have to preach the word of God and be sincere with it. As stated, you you are to be the first, the foremost example of God's long-suffering and mercy to the human race. You are to set a blazing example to all God, all of God's people, through all all good works and keeping the message of God's uh, word uh, to the people and giving it to the people, uncorrupted, undefiled, un- unstained. That's the way how it is, unstained. It says to go out there and teach all the nations and baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Teaching them and making disciples of them to observe all things. What, whatsoever I have commanded you and lo, I am with you always even to the end of the world. That means the end of the world has not come yet. We still have a Christ who is still King and still loves us and lives within us through the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the Great Commission. This is what we're made of. This is as as ministers, we are to set an example. Be the pattern that Christ has laid out for us. One of the most important Bible verses tells us uh, and tells you as a minister of the gospel exactly what your purpose and task are. You are to go and make disciples of all nations. The word teach in some translation in the Greek word is make disciples. What does it mean to make a disciple? It means to do exactly what Christ did. When Christ found a person who was willing to commit to the life of God and the spiritual walk that Jesus was leading, uh, totally commit their lives to Christ, Christ attached himself to that person and Christ began to mold and make that person into his image. When was the last time pastors, deacons, ministers, evangelists, teachers of the word, when was the last time that you have attached yourself to someone and bring them along line with you and teach them the word of God and disciple them and pray with them on a continuously basis, on a daily basis, if have to. You know, when they're going through their problems and they're going through their ups and downs, are you there? Are you available when the phone rings and teaching them the word? The word attached, and this is the key, This is the key word, attach yourself. Christ made disciples of men by attaching himself to them. And through that personal attachment, they were able to observe his life and conversation. In seeing and hearing him, they began to observe and assimilate his very character and behavior. 
They began to assimilate their very character and behavior of Christ Jesus. They began to follow him and to serve and to serve him more closely. In simple terms, this is what our Lord did. He took us, he took his disciples by the hand, attached himself to them by calling them out and telling them to follow him, and then he taught them the kingdom of God is at hand. Peace I leave you. It's simple terms is that is what our Lord did. In this way, well, uh, he made disciples, and this was his mission and his method, his obsession to attach himself to willing believers. There are people in churches who are willing, but there's people who are willing who are not willing to attach themselves to the believer. Many many young people come to churches and they sit there. Be, and, and listening to the word being preached by the pastor and have no idea of what it means to be saved and how salvation and what it means to be justified and what it means to be redeemed and they don't even know the definition of sanctification they don't they don't know what it means to be born again they don't know what that definition is to submit to God they don't know what it means to follow Jesus and yet we as pastors and ministers, we know. We've been studying the word more than 24 hours. We have knowledge of the scriptures. There's people who are deacons, who are, who are leaders in the church, followers of Christ that have been following Jesus for such a long time that they've never taken someone and leave their wing. But yet you know the scriptures and you know them well. And we know that the, what the scripture says and what to do, but yet we find a way not to do it. We find a way not to get involved with people because we don't want to become attached to them. The less I know about my brothers and sisters, the better off I am. I don't need to know their problems. I don't need to know their issues in life. Uh, they won't listen anyway. You tell them over and over again, they won't repent. They won't. But God didn't call you to do that. God just called you to teach them. Teach them the word. Attach yourself to them. Just like, like a teacher attaches himself, himself or herself to her students in school. There are those that you can speak to life into. You can speak life into them and encourage them and show them that life is not just a box of chocolate that you never know what you're going to get in it. That life is full of surprises. That there are days that are going to be bad and there are days that are going to be good. But I think sometimes our bad days outnumber the good. Because we're still learning how to go and deal with life on a daily basis. That's just like parents trying to teach their children on day in and day out life. Some parents don't even want to do that. Because they figured, I did it myself. They can do it by themselves too. They can fall flat on their face. I did it. 
I, I've taught my kids right from wrong. I taught them how to balance a checkbook. I taught them how to wash, how to clean cars, how to clean their clothes. I taught them life experiences. At the same time, when they go through problems, I let them fall so they know what it's like to fail. Today's society, children, young teenagers, young people of their 20s and early, uh, late 20s, they don't know what it is to fail. They have been rewarded all their life on how, oh, don't worry about it. You didn't get an F. You just got out of 75. You're okay. You made it. You passed. Don't worry about it. Everyone here gets a gold medal. Everyone here gets a star. There's no failures. Everyone is a champion. And that's what society has done. It's turned these young people into people of, of loving the, the, the attention of making it, passing the grade. Getting the the, the, the the star, getting the reward, and never, never, never knowing what it's like to fail. And then when they fall and they fail, they're depressed and they try to commit suicide or they're angry at the world. Oh, and you know what? Maybe I wasn't meant to be born as a boy. I was supposed to be a girl. I wasn't meant to be a girl. I'm supposed to be a boy. Life changes. The world's changing. And us as ministers, we need to be able to go with the change and learn not to let the change happen in our churches. We need to make sure that we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, of salvation, and free from sin of this world. That we're not to desire the things of the flesh, but the things of the world, the, the, the things of God. That's what we have to desire, the things of God. I am, brothers and sisters. Are you setting the pattern for your ministry, for your friends, for your co-workers, your brothers and sisters in Christ? Do they see the conversion in your life? Christ envisioned something beyond himself and beyond his day and time. He envisioned an extension of himself, an extension of his very being, and, and an extension of his mission and method. The way he chose and extended himself was by doing discipleship, attaching himself to committed persons. And through attachment, the person observed and assimilated the Lord's very character and mission. They in turn attached themselves to others and discipled them. They too expected their dis disciples to make disciples of others. Remember, Paul had Luke, a physician, a Gentile. And, and who came along? Barnabas and his cousin, John Mark, who also followed Paul and his teachings. And, 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 and Aquila and Priscilla, right, they, 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 let, uh, they, they were put in charge of the church in Asia. How many other people followed what Paul taught in the churches? Are we willing to commit our lives to Christ? And if we did as pastors, ministers, and deacons, evangelists, prophets, so also we need to teach those who believe to be committed to following and live just like Christ did. This is the way of glorious of the glorious message of Christ that, uh, that marches on down through the centuries. 
In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, there is no question that our Lord's commission is we are to go. But more than that, we are to make disciples, to attach ourselves to those persons who, fo- who will follow our Lord until they, re- they in turn can make disciples. Your purpose as a minister of God is to disciple others. Pick out several believers who are willing to commit all they are and have to and have to Jesus Christ, and and, and they are to have to attach themselves to Jesus Christ. Pick out as many as you can handle. Teach the willing believers all you know. Let them walk and talk with you and see you live, pray, teach, minister, eat, and relax. Let him observe you day by day as much as possible and observe Christ in you. They need to see Christ in you. They need to see how Christ works in you. They need to see the power of the Holy Spirit moving in your life daily. When you do this and you disciple others, For it is the great commission of Christ, that very method he used, we can soon reach the world if you and all the other ministers will follow the simple instruction of Christ. Disciple, pick out, and attach yourself to all who are willing to commit their lives to the ministry. That's our mission. That's your purpose, pastor, minister, reverend, deacon, elder, teacher, prophet, administrator, usher, leader, leaders of the church inside the body of the Christ. That's our mission. To grab on to believers. Attach yourself to them. Put yourself in in, in their shoes when, when you were a new believer. Do you remember? Or, or you were born a Christian right out of your mother's womb and everything was always okay you've never fallen on your face you've never sinned no right we all were sinners we're all sinners and we have all a short of the glory of god and we know that the wages of sin is death so how can you keep people in their sins knowing that they're leading themselves to death leading themselves to death So I'm asking you, brothers and sisters, pastors, ministers of the word, gospel teachers, elders, deacons, look in your church, look around your church, see who you can attach yourself. Sometimes you don't even have to have a title. Just with your own knowledge of a of a person who's been following Christ for a long time, you have wisdom. You have knowledge. You can look at somebody in the church and says, "You know what? I bet you that person right there needs to learn a little bit more about Christ and His salvation and how to live according to the Word of God." And I bet you you can teach them a thing or two. You don't necessarily have to be a, a pastor or a minister or an elder or a deacon or leader of the church. You could just be a regular member who's been following Christ for a very long time and know what it means to go through trials and tribulation to believe and be obedient in the faith in Jesus Christ. You too can disciple someone and bring them closer to the Word of God and having a relationship with Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. It's not just in the knowing who Christ is is in the knowing in the relationship of you and Christ Jesus. Amen. 
Amen. Well, hey, this concludes my portion of my uh, time today for the 915 Pastors Roundtable. Uh, I want to thank every single one of you again from the bottom of my heart for the continuous support and reviewing uh, my my podcast. Uh, I apologize for the long absence, uh, and today I am returning again with with weekly, maybe even twice a week uh, messages. Uh, just maybe even even prayer or or even or just a word for the day. Uh, I'm trying to come back and make more uh, podcasts uh, throughout the days to come in the future. Again, continue to pray for me and my ministry of the 915 Pastors Roundtable. I really thank you and from the bottom of my heart that you continue to, to listen to this podcast. And I pray that you pass it on to someone else who may need to know the Word of God and, and to get to know who Jesus Christ is. Father God, we just come before you, Father. We thank you for these uh, few minutes that we've had here in learning on how the pattern of Christ that teach us how to disciple and how to go out and attach ourselves to those who are in need of a Savior to be discipled, Lord. We just ask you right now that you touch every single person who's heard this small little message, Father God, that you give them the power and the boldness to go and seek within their church congregation one or two or three and encourage them to be disciples and encourage them to disciple someone so that that person or persons uh, may become more uh, in knowing who the Christ the Savior is and just not just knowing about him but knowing a relationship of having a relationship with him uh, I wanted to say thank you Lord Jesus for my salvation thank you for the things that you're doing in this world and even though this world is full of chaos right now but we know that you are on the throne and that you still love this world and you still are God who forgives we thank you Lord Jesus in Jesus name we pray Amen. Thank you, brothers and sisters. God bless you. This is the Pastors Round, the 905 Pastors Roundtable. Thank you. God bless you and have a blessed day.